What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cheap Seats Podcast, Week 13 NFL Breakdown. I'm Dalton, here with co-host Adam, bringing you another edition of an NFL Breakdown. Three-fourths of uh, the season has went by this week. Uh, just to kick it right off, the 49ers and the Eagles, the game that people have been looking forward to for multiple weeks now. Adam looking forward to it. He's an Eagles fan and just has a lot of implications of what, what we're going to see probably in the playoffs. So just, just your thoughts on that game as an Eagles fan and just a fan of the NFL. Yeah, so, you know, clearly the game didn't go the way that I thought it would or that I hoped it would, or like most NFL fans thought, thought it would. Because let's be honest, the Eagles got absolutely, like, destroyed. They didn't put up a fight. I thought for sure in that little skirmish there when um, Big Dom stepped in and got ejected with who who uh, who was it he got into it with? Hello. Yeah, so when he got into it with him, um, I thought for sure it was going to be a turnaround. It seemed like the team had a little bit of life. They went, they went down. They, they scored a touchdown. And I told Andrew while we was watching the game at work, I was like, this is where it's going to turn around. And then the Niners answered right back with another touchdown. It just seemed like the Eagles couldn't get it going. I'm not really too worried about it, mainly just because come playoff, like like we got our playoff spot locked. And hold on real quick. I, I want to go up on a tangent real quick. Did you see what David Carr said? Yeah, I did. Actually. Okay. All right, for the people who haven't, actually, for the people who haven't even heard of who David Carr is, there you go. He was, he was that he was that ass at quarterback. He was the two uh, the first pick of the 2002 NFL draft when the Houston Texans became a expansion team. They um they drafted David Carr to be, the, to be the franchise of that. Most of you might know him by Derek Carr's older brother because the guy was ass. He's Derek Carr's brother. Derek Derek's not his brother. Anyways. David Carr went on uh, live TV and said that the Eagles, if they want to win a Super Bowl, they need to start Marcus Mariota because Jalen Hurts isn't good enough. He's not comfortable enough in the pocket. I just want to say, what a moron. Jalen Hurts is probably the second favorite to win the MVP, and Jalen Hurts is the reason that, that this team is where it's at. You know, Even if you want to say he has a lot of help around him, without Jalen Hurts being as good as he was and getting the support of the entire franchise, they wouldn't have brought in A.J. Brown. You know, They wouldn't have traded for DeAndre Swift. They wouldn't have been drafted Cam Jurgens on the offensive line. They wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? Like they like they built this team around Jalen because of Jalen's talent. So I I I don't want to hear this nonsense that Jalen Hurts isn't good enough to win a playoff game concerning he just took this team to the Super Bowl. All right. It it takes a true bum to come out and say that. David Carr could never I, I don't even know if he ever made the playoffs and his bum ass wasn't good enough to ever get there. So I just want to get that out of the way. So I'm not too worried about the Eagles in terms of like the playoff hunt. This game didn't really ruin what I was hoping because I told you I thought the Niners would come out and be emotional and they they come out on fire and they they wear down. They just didn't wear down, right? Like they come in wearing black for the Eagles' funeral, yada yada yada. I think that if they run into each other come playoff time, they're not going to have the emotions not going to be as high because they've already got their they've already got their get back. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not too worried about. It. I think the Eagles are still the best roster in football. I know you think it's the Niners, Dalton, but. I'm not too worried about it. it. It it wasn't fun to watch. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think that's the worst of the worst. The Eagles got the Cowboys again this week. Who the Cowboys struggle to beat anybody decent. So this is where they'll get like this is where the Eagles get back in rhythm. And as long as they don't get destroyed this week, I'm, I'm I feel good about the Eagles' chances. Yeah, I don't have too much concern with the Eagles because being ten and two after twelve weeks is pretty good. There's no other team that's ten and two, but. I think that San Francisco is the best team in football. And I don't think – like, they're one, and Philadelphia is probably two, but I don't think it's – I think it's a gap, honest, honestly. They are – they just dominate from the beginning of the game. I mean, they scored six straight touchdowns in that football game. And the Eagles' defense is good. 
And then the, the Niners defense is just good. They did have something to prove, which I thought going in, that's kind of why I picked them. I felt quarterback had got hurt last year in the playoff game. They have to win. They want to win. But the fact that they won the way that they did, I think, speaks volume. If, if they win 24 to 21, it's kind of, hey, close game, two competitive teams. But I didn't expect it to be 40, you know, what was it, 42 to 17, whatever it was. And I think that that's because San Francisco is just – when. and I said, I think, a few podcasts ago, when they win, they dominate. That's just what they did. And I, I do think if you – if for you guys – I think you need to win out. If you can, if you can host them at home, I think that's the best thing. I don't, I don't think you want to go to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game because they've done came to Philadelphia and beat you by thirty. So at home in San Francisco, I mean that's don't they, they already know they can beat you, and now you give them a home game. So I do think that Philly wants to win out, and I don't see why they can't. I mean, feel I mean the thing about it is, is Philly's Philly's good, the roster's good, but it's, it's same with San Francisco, man. I mean they're just a powerhouse. You got the best running back in football. The weapons are good. Brock Purdy makes plays. So, like I said, I didn't expect it to be that bad, but I did expect, you know, San Francisco to win. But And, and to answer David Carr, I'm not even going to answer him because he don't even deserve our time to answer him. It's about the dumbest comment you could make. The fact that, I mean, Jalen Hurts had one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time. He's 10-2 and two this year. H- has he been Has he been worse this year than last year? Maybe. But, I mean, you could say the same for Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and that was all, you know, they're all top five quarterbacks, so I don't I don't see what he's getting at. And, and talking about Patrick Mahomes, I guess I'm just going to ask, what do you got? What do you make of that Chiefs offense? So moving on to that game, bad performance again. It's been up and down with the offense all year. Green Bay did look good. I mean, I'm not going to take away from what Green Bay did. I mean, hats off win. It's hard to win a Lambeau Field, especially a night game. But what do you make of the Kansas City offense? Is it is it problematic for you going forward? Obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. I think we all would agree with that. They're eight and four. The Ravens and Dolphins have to play each other, so one of them are going to lose. I think the Ravens play the Niners. It's still very easy for Kansas City to get the one seed in the AFC. I'm not saying they're going to, but it's it's still right there for them to grab. So I'm just curious. Um, I guess your thoughts on on the offense now and going forward will they change? Yeah. So I didn't think the offense was going to take this big of a hit when they lost Eric Bieniemy, right? Like I thought Bieniemy was lucky to. Uh, to have Patrick Mahomes, I, I didn't think that – I thought that maybe he wouldn't have the success he had in Kansas City when he went elsewhere. And that, he's actually – the Washington offense hasn't been terrible with them. I'm not worried about this offense. Like, I know a lot of people are. I'm not worried about it for for multiple reasons. One, the defense is good enough that Patrick Mahomes can kind of keep up with a lot of these guys. Sure. Right? Like, he, he can keep up with most of these offenses because the defense is going to allow him to do that. Two, they're actually running the ball. So you can't just tee off on Patrick Mahomes like you have been like you've been able to in the past. Three, the offensive line. This is probably one of his better offensive lines because I don't know if you remember, but back in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, he ran for his life back then. Yeah, it was the worst offensive line in the Super Bowl ever. Yeah, and so this so this offensive line is a lot better. So and Travis Kelsey, um, he's there, right? He's probably the best. He's the best tight end in today's football. Probably one, probably the second or third best that we've seen that we physically watched with our own eyes, right? And then when we talk about these receivers, you have you have a younger receiver Rice who's still getting confidence, but Mahomes is still getting he's starting to, he's he's still learning to trust Rasheed Rice, which we'll get there. You know, MVS. I know people want to talk about all the drops he has, but let's be honest, the guy's explosive. He is. He's explosive. And come playoff time, when with this Kansas City defense only getting up 13 points, all they need is MVS to catch one deep ball and they'll win the game. You know, so and, and Mahomes has the arm talent to get to get him the ball down there. It's just can, can he make the play? And I, I think he will. 
So I'm not really worried about it. If the de- if this was the defense from two years ago, I'd, I'd be really worried. For sure. But the fact that this defense is going to keep him in the games, I trust Patrick Mahomes to get him going. I trust Andy Reid. So, yeah, I'm not panicking. I think the I think it with the Chiefs right now, it's more of a just kind of weather the storm, just get to the playoffs, then we'll, then we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the unpopular opinion as of right now. And as of, you know, December 6th, come February, I think uh, 10th, 11th Super Bowl, Kansas City will be in the Super Bowl. And I'm saying that for your reasons. If defense is good enough, and I'm not saying that Mahomes is playing as he don't have to win these games, but in a playoff game, it's win or go home. So do I think that they're going to be throwing wheel routes to Sky more in a playoff game? Probably not. Are they going to make sure they get Kelsey the ball? Probably. Is Pacheco going to run it 20 times? Probably. By that point, should Rasheed Rice be the wide receiver one? Probably. So I do think that there's, you know, the wide receiver room is rough, and it's not going to be the same wide receiver room next year that we see right now. And another thing, too, in the AFC, so, you know, you've got Miami, Baltimore. Well, Cincinnati's gone. What's the one with Trevor Lawrence? We're, we're going to get to that here in a, in a, in a minute. But who who are you going to take to beat Kansas City in one game to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC? There's not a San Francisco, and there's not a Philly. Yeah, I mean, the, only, the only thing that – it's not really scaring me for the Chiefs, but – the only team that I actually believe can knock out the Chiefs, uh, I, it is the Raven. Is like yeah, the Ravens. Sure. So I don't think the Ravens are like the best team in the AFC. I don't, but their defense is better than what Kansas City's is. And do I? I've said this before. I don't trust Lamar Jackson, but I do trust Lamar to get fourteen to seventeen points. If that Ravens defense can do what they've consistently been doing, and they can make the the Chiefs offense struggle, I trust Lamar to be able to hang with Mahomes. And I think that defense is slightly better. So I think the Ravens are the only team that actually scares me for the Chiefs when it comes to the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. The the Ravens have played well all year. Got to continue on. I just, I just, I, the, the headline that we are going to see in a few weeks if the Chiefs don't get the one seed is. Can Mahomes win a road playoff game? Because it's been the Arrowhead Invitational. It's five straight AFC Championship games in Arrowhead. So that's going to be the headline that we see. What we're going to see is he's going to win a playoff game on the road, and people are going to say, how did they magically figure it out? I'm not saying that they're going to put up 42 points, but their defense is, has played really well. And a, as you said, when you have a when you give the best quarterback in the NFL a really good defense, they typically find a way to win. But I think, I think what I want to – talk about before we do move on is two more things in that game one is Matt Nagy is the one that took over the offense he's terrible and that well, yeah he sucked he sucked in Chicago and he sucked everywhere so he just needs to go they brought him back because he was there before they felt bad for him and then and then two so I'll address it real quick but the the last not the last play but the pass interference call that they missed the, at not the end of the game but what it gave the Chiefs the ball on the five yard line obviously a pass interference call I mean probably one of the worst ones I've seen missed watching it live. That's not why they lost. Uh, just don't, like Travis Kelsey said, like Mahomes said, you know, don't put yourself in that position. But my question, I guess, is what is it What is it going to take for officiating or officials or referees, whatever you want to call them, to be held accountable for missing blatant – because if they score and get a two-point conversion, it goes to overtime. What What's going to have to happen for officials not to miss a call like that? Because it was obvious they tackled them. Yeah, so honestly, I think what's happening is – we have seen games like last year, the Super Bowl, for example, the pass interference that was called, the, the holding that was called. A lot of people got mad at the refs, and they said you shouldn't be able to control the game like that. Yeah, and like they like they were mad at the refs, you know, kind of controlled the outcome of the game. So I think the refs have went into this season with that in mind. Like we don't want to be the reason this team wins. 
So yeah. they just don't call it, and they end up being the reason the other team wins. Really, I don't know. This, I, I, will, I will say that this is the worst officiating I've seen across the league all season. Yeah, it's been sure. all season. It's not like I'm picking out one game. I've never seen worse officiating in an entire season of my life. So I have an idea, and I'm not sure if the NFL would ever adopt it, but I think every coaching staff should have one challenge for one call a game. One, one challenge that you can challenge – because. You know, on Sunday Night Football, Chris Collinsworth, well, that's not a challenge. You know, you can't challenge that call. Well, you should be able to because it was it's so obvious that Andy Reid should be able to throw a flag that is striped like the referee's shirt and say, hey, I'm cha- go look at what you just missed. And I think they should get one again. That's, I mean, some- I'll tell you what I'm worried about, though, with doing what you're saying, right? Like, like it, it, it is a good idea, but what about the very end of the game when you throw a jump ball 70 yards down the field? Dude, it's nothing but pass interferences in the end zone. Oh, on for both sure. Teams, I mean, so, so, so I think you'd have to find a way to re- to to regulate it, and I don't know how you would and make it reasonable. You know what I mean? I mean, I just so you can challenge every call besides a hail mary. What I'd like to see is let's do this. So, so the NFL trains the guy, trains the refs. You call everything a little tight. Blow mm-hmm. like like if you think there's a chance, you throw the flag. The team, like say I was the the Chiefs, I I could have thrown like he like they call that. Or if I'm the Packers, right? They like they call that pass interference. As the Packers head coach, I can just I can throw my challenge flag out. I can challenge what's already called as a penalty. I can't challenge what was missed. Right. Yeah. Like if you have the if you have the ref calling it a little tight, you can challenge it. And I think that you that if you win your challenge on a penalty, if you win your challenge, you get your challenge back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? But you can only challenge made calls. You can't. You can't challenge something because you can be like, oh, well, on this punt return, there was a block in the back over here you missed. Because, that, like, then, dude, the games will take four and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, so that they would take four and a half hours. I, I guess that's why to to make it not be four and a half hours, you would just get one, and you don't get it back. And that, and that if, if they went that route, you just couldn't get it back because then they would just challenge every hold. But there's got to be some repercussion for missing a call that obvious. I think the refs and listen. I think the refs would have to to do a press conference after the games, like the players. Yes. They should have to answer for the calls they make or the calls they don't make. They should have sure. to answer to that, just like I, just I like agree. the players do. Yes, I agree. And it's not in their hands to to win or lose a team a game. That's why you play the game. But in in many cases, and not just football, but in all sports, uh, especially basketball and football, we see officiating be the reason uh you know an outcome happens that may not have happened so you know we talked about the offense being bad it's kind of crazy what happens when you have a really talented offense and a backup quarterback like jake browning and the performance that he put on in the jacksonville and cincinnati game so it's crazy what happens when you've got a really good running back a stud wide receiver a really good number two wide receiver a tyler boyd you know you get, you get a backup quarterback that throws for 300 yards against a good jaguars team so i, I guess getting in, into that I didn't expect Jake Bryan to have that performance. I didn't expect him to put up the numbers he did. But like I said, when you have an offense that that's good, I mean, what's Jamar Chase is saying? I'm always open. So if he's always open, it's probably easy to get him to football, which, it, I mean, the 70-yard touchdown, he blew right past the guy. Just throw it up there. Give him a chance. So I guess that's that's kind of what you get when you have, you know, star players. And I'm not I'm not saying take that away from Burrow. It's one game. But, you know, that, that shows – that you kind of got to have people around you, man, to put up, I don't want to say good numbers, but be efficient. Because uh, obviously we've seen Mahomes not struggle, but the offense struggle. And, you know, Jake Browning have a really good game. So I, I guess, you know, talking about the Bengals, they're 6-6. Six and six. Do you expect them to make a playoff run? Was that just a 
just a one-time performance? Do you think – and even if it's not a one-time performance and you say they're not going to make a run, do you think they'll be competitive in, to finish out the season? Yeah, they'll be competitive, but they won't make the playoffs. And, again, like I feel like I feel like we say this a lot when it comes to the AFC. There's so many good teams, right, like Pittsburgh 7-5, Cleveland 7-5. I personally don't think the Bengals are better than without without Burrow, right, because the defenses are so good on both of them teams. Then you got the Colts at 7-5. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they've played a lot better. Then you also have the Texans, you have the uh, you have the Broncos, and you have the Bills. All all them teams are fighting for wild card spots. Every team I just named off, I think there's just there's just too too many good teams and not enough playoff spots. For sure. So I think the Bengals are going to be the odd man out. I, I really think the Bengals and Colts will be the odd man out, and I, I think they'll both end up missing the playoffs. If Joe Burrow was healthy, I I did believe the Bengals would make it. But with that being said, I don't want to take away anything that Jake Browning did because. Dude, what a game. Like, sure. only like four incomplete passes. We said before, our, uh, like, when we did a pr- our prediction show, that the if the Jaguars weren't blowing them out at halftime, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. I take it back because Browning played lights out. He was fantastic. Yeah. Like, who would have thought that Tyler Boyd would have more interceptions last game than Browning did? Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I don't think they'd make it, but I think it's just because there's there's too many teams. Like, there's too many good teams behind for that playoff spot. Yeah, and so to, to talk about you know, the Jaguars. So Trevor Lawrence injured high, high ankle sprain. They say he's going to miss a couple of weeks. I watched a guy last year win a Super Bowl in a high ankle sprain, so I'm not sure how long it's going to, you know, is every player different? It, it, does Trevor Lawrence play if it's the playoffs? Who knows? They they don't really give you information. You know, last year Mahomes had to play. It's, it's win or go home, you're in the playoffs. So maybe they're trying to conserve Trevor Lawrence for the playoffs. The problem that Jacksonville faces, though, Houston's not far behind them. They're one game behind. Exactly. So it's not a, a huge gap in between. And now you got CJ Beathard as your quarterback. So obviously there's a concern there. Kind of, kind of want to get you know how you feel about the Trevor Lawrence injury. Uh, one, one thing I, I want to point out is they were winning games because Travis Etienne was getting the football. In the last few weeks, they went away from it and they started. The offense looked bad again, or, or they started losing games. Why does he touch the ball 10 times? This is why your quarterback gets hurt. And I'm not – and I like Trevor Lawrence. But why ask him to do all that when you've got a top five running back in your backfield, man? I, I don't understand why you put your quarter, quarterback – and or it'll be first and 10, and they throw a 30-yard bomb. Now it's second and 10. Why? Why? I just – I don't get it. To answer your question of why, the answer is there's so much talent on that offense. Like, they put a lot of resources into the offensive line. They have – they do have ETM. They also have Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk – you know, like they have a lot of weapons. Well, then you just lost uh, Christian Kirk and you just lost Trevor Lawrence. Real quick, we're going to draw up some parlays this upcoming week. And ETN is getting the over on carries, yards, the over on everything because you just lost. he should. He should. Well, dude, you just, you literally just lost your starting quarterback and you lost Christian Kirk. So you lost two of the key weapons off this offense. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he, if he don't hit the over, there's a problem. Yeah. And listen, they have to feed the uh, ETN the ball because. Like you're going into this, your next two weeks, you play you play the Browns and you play the Ravens, the two best defenses in well, two of the three best, depending on where you put the Niners, two of the three best defenses in football. Yeah. You know, like ETN's gonna have to carry you because I don't I don't know if you remember, but we watched CJ Bathard play quarterback about four or five years ago, and dude was trash. Yeah, he's he garbage. Like he, he was so like what he was so bad that him and Colin Kaepernick were fighting for snaps. Yeah, he, he's about Tim Boyle 2.0. Yeah, he's terrible. 
he's yeah. he's he's awful. So your only hope is giving Etienne the ball because if you're not careful, there are there are like I just named off all the teams. Four of them teams are one game behind the Jaguars, right? If if Houston wins two of their next, you know, like let's say Houston wins their next two and Jacksonville loses their next two, all of a sudden Jacksonville's out of the playoffs. And who who would have thought coming into the season that Jacksonville and, and Cincinnati might miss the playoffs? Yeah, no, I, I nobody would have predicted that. So I guess too. Then, then what do you what do you make of the Trevor Lawrence injury? Obviously, the timetable of missed games is something that we aren't aware of. They just said a few weeks. So I just just kind of I guess um, your your opinion. And the, the this is the games they got going forward. They play the Browns, the Ravens, then the Bucks, the Panthers, the Titans. So I would I mean t- at Tampa. And Tampa is also in contention for the NFC South, so it's not a pushover game. Without Trevor Lawrence, I, I'm not saying they will, but there's a chance they lose the next three games. Without Trevor Lawrence, there's a chance. Well, so I've seen that I seen that Doug Pearson wouldn't roll out him playing this Sunday. My advice would be take these two L's. Take yeah. these two L's. Because you don't want Trevor Lawrence back there running for his life and, and aggravating the injury. Take the two L's because if you if you can come back, say, say he's 85% against the Ravens, just don't start him. Whatever, start better. Just accept the fact that you lost because the last three games are winnable games against uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Tennessee. You should realistically, realistically win all three games. So just take the two L's because if you cannot afford to go two and three over this over this span, you right. have to go three and two. You have to, and obviously a healthy T law is the only way you do this. Yeah, I agree. So I I think especially this game, just sit out Cleveland if if for somehow he's healthy to go against Baltimore than he is. But if there's even a chance in your mind that he's not healthy enough to go, you don't play him. He is your franchise quarterback. It's not It's not as he's going to be there a couple years and he's gone. He should be there the next 15 years. So why waste one or two games over – I mean, do the math on 15 years, 16 games, 17 games a year. It's a lot more games at stake here, not including any playoff run that they, they happen to make. So we see another quarterback get hurt this week. He happens to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Same thing, high ankle sprain. He had surgery. He's going to miss a few weeks. And their backup quarterback is another one that's an absolute bum. Somehow he was the starter last year, and then Kenny Pickett came in, and they went 7-2. and two. Just, just, I guess, your your take on the Steelers without Kenny Pickett, his injury, Miss Trubisky. And, and if, Trubis, or, yeah, if Trubisky plays the rest of the season, is this the year Mike Tomlin doesn't go 500 because Miss Trubisky's that bad? The answer is, uh, yeah, probably. Ah, uh, so I, I'm I'm over here looking at the schedule. They play the Patriots. I don't care who they have a quarterback. They, that's a win. I, I don't care who they have a quarterback. They play the Colts. It's a winnable game. I don't think they win it. It's a winnable game. The Bengals without Burrow. I don't think they win it. Winnable game though. The Seahawks. When Seahawks team shows up, it's a winnable game. Don't know if they win it. Then the last game is the Ravens. You might get lucky. The Ravens might already have their their spot clinched, and Lamar and the like. They might sit their starters. So every one of these last five games are winnable. So I don't think that having Trubisky instead of Kenny Pickett is really that big of a downgrade. You know, like you look at the Bengals going from Burrow to the Browning. That's a big drop off. Trevor Lawrence to TJ Beathard. Uh, yeah, Beathard. That's a big drop off. Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, big drop off. Like Kirk Cousins to Josh Dobbs, big drop off. This is one that like you're like, oh, okay, you lost your you lost your franchise quarterback. Probably not the worst thing that could happen. Right, it's not losing. It's not like you're losing T.J. Watt. Right, right. So I'm not too worried about it. I I don't think it's really going like this offense has been trashed all year. It's it's been one of the worst offenses in football, probably behind the Patriots and probably the Jets. 
but I, the drop off can't be that that drastic. It just it just physically can't be. This defense is good. So as, as long as you don't lose TJ Watt, I think this team's okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not not too bad. The only problem I have with Trubisky, he's just not mobile at all. That kind of is what helps Kenny Pickett be somewhat productive. However, you want to put that production into play and how productive you may think he may be, that is what allows him to get out of the pocket because the offensive line's been bad. You can't trust Najee Harris. He's been better as of late, but we know how easy it is for him to just have a really bad game. I agree that you don't go from a you know a star to a backup. You kind of go from a bottom-end quarterback to a backup. But I just I just know what Trubisky's done as a starter in Pittsburgh and his late stint in Chicago just hasn't been best, obviously. But that, that's what you got to deal with. That's who, who you have. So, uh, you know, other than that, from the, the recap of this week before we, you know, predict uh, this Thursday night's game, which happens to also include Pittsburgh, I don't really have much more. This week coming up, which would be week 14, has um, not – I don't, don't want to say playoff implications, but it does and, and, and some big games. So, just to go into the, the recap and to end the recap and, and go into this, you know, Thursday prediction, you've got <laughs> two teams that you mentioned have a bottom-in offenses – We've seen what the Patriots did this week. It's lost six to nothing. This week, though, they traveled to Pittsburgh. I'm just going to say this. If you're a betting person, any receivers, take the under. JJ or TJ Watt, thinking of JJ Watt, because he might as well play in this game because he's going to get a sack two. That's how bad the Patriots offensive line is. And he ain't even playing. Give me TJ Watt over whatever his sacks are. The under, the, the over under on total points scored should probably be like 17 because it's probably going to be six to three. I don't know. I'm sure you're going to rant on about it a little bit too. So I don't want to, you know, go on forever. But if you're a betting man, take the under on every line in this football game. So do you know what I think this game's going to be like? Do you remember the 2011 national championship game? I do. Yeah. Between LSU and Alabama. Yeah. Nine to three. That's what I think the score is going to be. It's going to be nine to three. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh, but shit, dude, as bad as most of these teams are, dude, they're both a pick six away from, <laughs> from losing the game. So I'm glad you brought up pick six because I think Pittsburgh wins this game because of a defensive touchdown. Jay, or, see there I go again. JJ yeah, Watt. Would, uh, look, listen. If you put if you put together parlays, Steelers defense. Hey, this listen, is going to need a lot of money. I think TJ Watt's going to force a fumble. Somebody, you know, whether it's a pick six, something's going to happen on that defense. I, I mean, I would even go as far as say, if, you know, if you're betting out there. And I'll say if you are, let's be honest, everybody's probably betting on sports nowadays. You know, when you take that touchdown score, just go ahead and bet Steelers defense first touchdown. And y'all might think, well, he's crazy. That's the only touchdown that's going to be scored in this game. So that's going to be the first <laughs> and the last. Because I don't trust New England to score a touchdown. And I don't know. I don't think Trubisky's going to get past the 50-yard line. So it's just – Listen, if Justin Herbert only managed to put together six, there's no way Tr- – Trubisky's going to be lucky to put together three. I just want to I just want to say this real quick. So, Allen Robinson to score a touchdown this weekend or, or this Thursday plus one thousand. Steelers defense plus six hundred. So, <laughs> I mean, Allen Robinson is there is there you know wide receiver three. I mean, Jalen Rager on the Patriots plus eleven hundred. The tight ends are plus eighteen hundred. Like, what, what, the defense is almost essentially a third or two thirds lower. I don't know. I, I, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Just I think it should be minus five hundred that the Steelers are gonna score a touchdown on defense because that's just it's just got it. That's the only chance they have. Yeah, I love how the NFL implemented the flex rule and they've used it once and it's like two weeks from now. 
on Monday Night Football. Why was this game not flexed out? Even before Kenny Pickett got hurt, why was this game not flexed out? Like, look at I mean, all of the good games, dude. Like, look at all the good games like this upcoming week. Like, we like there's what four four really good games this week that like have a lot of like crazy like implications into the playoffs. Like the Eagles Cowboys could have been flexed here. Jaguars Browns. It, I know T Law's not healthy now, but they, they, but they could have flexed this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Rams Ravens, dude. Even the Lions Bears. There's so many more games. The Bills, Chiefs, Seahawks, Niners, Broncos, Chargers. We could have, like, we're literally got, like, nine games that are better than this game without us even seeing what's happening. I would say every game's better than this game. <laughs> it's, it's not nine. I don't, there, there's, how many games is there this week? I think 14, and all of them are better. And this is the worst one. So you said, why didn't they flex it out? Why was this a Thursday night game to begin with at the beginning of the season? Who in the hell wanted to watch Mac Jones versus Kenny Pig? Was it because it was Bill Belichick versus Mike Tomlin? That's got to be what it is, honestly. It's got to be I, what it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I just hope that other other sports fans feel the way we do because they have to. That was uh, that was a, actually a really fun conversation, you know, talking talking all these uh, week – what was it, week 13, re, uh, the recap. I am not ready for tomorrow. I'm not ready for tomorrow. All right, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cheap Seats Podcast. As always, you can follow me on everything, really, J4. You can follow Don on everything, Don King K1. Go find our uh, TikTok page, the Cheap Seats.podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Cheap Seats, and we're out.